0: You're listening to Money FM eighty nine point three, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, what is the first thing you do when you check in at a hotel? While some might check out the fittings like the beds and the space, others might want to soak in the ambience. But ever wondered what makes a hotel feel a certain way like a home away from home? Well, the answer perhaps lies in the details, say the fragrances, the amenity kits, door gifts and other finishing touches and that is precisely the work of our guest for today. Now, founded in 2004, Guava Amenities is not only a major player in the guest amenity space, but also a world leader in sustainable guest amenities. And the, firm, cr- the firm curates and designs unique wet and dry amenity, gift and ancillary services and auxiliary solutions. It prides itself on pioneering an ecosystem business model that enables the world's largest hospitality chains, airlines and cruise lines to reduce plastics by up to 90% and costs by over 20% by decentralising production and distributing directly without intermediaries. But what is an ecosystem business model exactly and why is the firm hinging on sustainability as part of its value proposition? what extent does that benefit top and bottom lines? Well, lots of questions. And for the answers, I have with me Gabriel Tan, CEO of Guava Amenities. Uh, Gabriel, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Tiantian, for having me. Pleasure Wait. to be here.
0: Great to have you on board. And Gabriel we've briefly talked about Guava amenities as this mm-hmm. world leader in not only guest amenities, but sustainable guest amenities where you create, curate, design wet and dry amenities as well as the peripheral services and products. Uh, but let's break them down step by step. What are the products and services that are provided?
1: Sure. So before I answer that question, I think it's important to give a bit of context to the listeners because the clients that we work with uh I would say most often, and not they are looking at solutions, and having worked with client, you know, to date we are close to twenty years, mm-hmm. uh, we realize that the needs have also evolved. They are not looking at just you know products or services in that sense, but at the end of the day, they have that uh, objective. They have a certain goals that they are trying to achieve uh, as a business, and I would say a lot of the things that we do revolves around the customer experience. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about a hotel, that would be the hotel guest. If you talk about airlines or cruise liners, that would be the passengers. Mm -hmm. So from the moment someone enters into a hotel, that scent, that greets you, Mm -hmm. that says, oh, this is different. And then as part of the check-in process, right, you'll receive that uh, unique something that, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for coming here and spending the time at our hotel and this is a, a little something for you. Mm. And then when you move on to the to the bedroom, then where you get to see the very, very nice shower amenities and then you see that very, very comfortable pair of slippers and then even when you, you know, explore the rest of the hotels, uh, maybe you visit the, the gyms and uh, the convention centres or the mice facilities, mm. uh, there's different different touch points where the hotel gets connected to the guests, and our job is to make sure that every single one of them is exceptional through the sustainable guest amenities that we curate and specially designed for our customers.
0: Mm, we'll talk about sustainability in just a bit, but just to help our listeners understand, right, the business basically curates and designs concepts for hotel in a, in a certain way, right? But you guys don't manufacture it. So how does it work? Where do you fit in the supply chain?
1: Yes. So what we do is that we, we first and foremost, uh, we do a lot of solutioning with our customers. Solutioning means uh, some hotel chains might be, I want to be more sustainable in my amenities and that could be reducing waste by a certain percentage uh, while at the same time, uh, perhaps to lower my cost. For some customers, it could be just to create a seamless experience everywhere they operate around the world. And at the same time, while they're doing that, they want to create something unique for the different locality or different region that they mm-hmm. are in. So different customers have different ideas about what would make an ideal solution for them. And then coming back to where we fit in is that depending on those needs, we then curate. Curate in the sense that not always that we already have the solutions to all their problem statements. Mm. More often than not, we do a co-creation together with the customers. And sometimes if they are looking at something very different or perhaps something new, which we may not even have in our Mm. existing portfolio, we may need to reach out or to get maybe, uh, say, a partner Mm. to complement whatever offering we have Mm. in order for us to be able to create that thing that really fits into the need of that particular
0: customer. So you're more of the designer in this regard. Mm. But let's talk a little bit more about your... Value proposition and your customer base, right? Because I understand the firm enables the world's largest hospitality chains, airlines, cruise lines to reduce plastics by up to 90% and costs by over 20%. So two parts to this question. One is who are your customers and any names to share? And the other part is how would you then define your value proposition then?
1: So our customers are mainly the world's largest chains uh, they normally have more than 1,000 hotels around the world. And then we are looking at every single project that we do for them is either in the millions or tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And with regards to the...
0: The value proposition?
1: Yes. regards to the value proposition, uh, we believe in offering them the ability to create a seamless guest experience everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we break that down into three major parts. The first thing is a global consistency. Global consistency means there is a consistency in terms of the look and feel, the solutions being deployed anywhere around the world. The second, we also need to address the local accessibility. And this Mm -hmm. means the solutions that we deploy needs to be locally affordable. And this is very important because if they are not locally affordable, then the solutions may not be something that will be relevant for the long term Mm. because then affordability would be an issue. And then the third, last but not least, is that we always need to make sure that it's not enough to be sustainable, but it has to be scalable Mm -hmm. because then that's where we see the long-term value of our solutions will then benefit our customers.
0: Mm. And when you talk about sustainability, of course, we talk about scalability and being able to sustain that across generations. But You're also looking at sustainability in terms of going green, right? And I do want to focus that because I believe you cited in an article you contributed to Forbes uh, that... The global intangible asset value grew from about 61 trillion US dollars in 2019 to 74 trillion US dollars in 2021. Fast growing firms, they are now investing more in intangible assets. We are talking about being more uh, green and sustainable. We are talking about maybe creating that experience. Is that what you are seeing from your customers right now? And is that why Guava Amenities is doubling down on sustainability and customization as part of that value proposition?
1: Okay, so I'll answer that in three parts. The first part is regarding the intangibles. So if you look at any companies today, most of the value of the firm would be derived by your brand, will be derived by your intangibles. Mm-hmm. It's no longer by the the building that you own. Yes, it forms a certain part of your, your value as a company, but the majority of the value is derived from the brand itself. Mm-hmm. And then the second part to the question would be in terms of the Uh, our focus with regards to sustainability as well as customizations. These are two key trends that we have been observing over the years. So uh, the United Nations have actually set the 17 SDG and in the context of Singapore, Mm. you also have the Singapore Green Plan. So if you look at relevance of that topic of sustainability today, it's really at the top of the mind for being the be the regulators be companies or even people on the streets but then beyond that there is also another focus which is on customization Mm. because people today are consuming something that feeds their lifestyle something that feeds their needs and therefore for our customers what they want is that to be able to create unique experiences for their guests it is no longer enough to just provide them with comfortable beds, you know, nice breakfast. Yes, those are important but you have to identify the different target audience Mm -hmm. that you are trying to serve and then for that different target audience, Mm -hmm. what can you do differently to make your service offering more customized to their needs? Mm -hmm. And and then the third part of the question would be for us, in terms of the partnerships Mm -hmm. that we have developed, with our customers, we believe that when our clients are able to leverage on sustainability and customization to strengthen their brand, that's where we see value for us. Mm -hmm. Because it is no longer about just providing them with, say, a product or a service, but it becomes very strategic. Mm -hmm. And clients actually, beyond the immediate return in terms of, you know, guest loyalty mm-hmm. or even uh, having more and more events held at their place because they are being seen as less sustain- uh, more sustainable. But I guess we also see that a lot of customers believe that doing all these things actually strengthen their brand mm-hmm. and at the end of the day will also improve their brand value.
0: Mm, all right. And well, speaking of generating value for the firm, generating value for your clients. I also want to talk about sustainability being a profit generator for Guava amenities. How far has the focus on sustainability generated tangible benefits in terms of uh, top and bottom lines for the firm?
1: Okay, so for for this, perhaps uh, something that I need to put in, in context is the fact that I think compared to other firms, we are a bit different. In terms of that, we are not really... Uh, here to maximize our short-term profits Mm -hmm. but we are really investing into long terms and we really think in like the next 10 to 20 years and what I can say is that based on this way of working, we have been very privileged because we have very, very large organizations customers coming to us and says that this is uh, say $5 million contract or something and then says I can work with anybody that I want but we choose to work with you Mm-hmm. So I believe at the end of the day, that creates a strong preference for customers to choose us, mm-hmm. provided that they understand that sustainability is key and they see that as part of the overall strategy. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then we, we become the obvious choice.
0: Mm. All right, and let's take us through the current scale of your business right now. I believe Guava amenities have over 40,000 tonnes of uh, global liquid production capability annually. But what are we looking Uh, at across different geographical markets. What is your presence here in APEC, for instance?
1: So, uh, Asia is a very, very strong growth market for Mm us. Uh, And we have seen over the years since, uh, I would say, 2015 or so, there has been increasing uh, interest in this region, Because compared to other regions like, say, Europe or the US, right, uh, Asia-Pacific is actually growing at a faster pace. Mm -hmm. And I would say since COVID, things have even changed slightly in the sense that previously a major part of the growth story for Asia is really China. But because of the slowdown that we have been observing, uh, Southeast Asia is really that that very, very bright spot that people are looking at. And therefore, uh, we also believe that where we are today in Singapore is really the right place to be because we are surrounded by a lot of growth markets. So we have seen a lot of growth potentials and our business are really growing by leaps and bounds in Vietnam, in Thailand, in Philippines, in Indonesia, uh, in Malaysia. And then beyond, uh, say, the Asia-Pacific region, we also see a very, very strong growth momentum coming from Middle, Middle East.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't mind, can I just follow up to find out what is the rough uh, scale we are looking at in your major markets, say uh, the Middle East or Mm. say within Vietnam, as you mentioned?
1: So, at the moment, we are in more than 25 countries Mm -hmm. around the world. Uh, A lot of our focus for today, Mm -hmm. I would say, is still very much in APEC. Uh, APEC would be countries like what I've mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. and as well as we also have uh, a lot of... uh, very, very interesting developments happening from Japan, South Korea, uh, India, China. We also see, uh, if you're talking about, say, the Middle East, we see very, very strong growth in the UAE mm-hmm. and, and then Saudi Arabia, uh, Oman, Qatar. Okay. And then uh, other regions like the US and Europe, uh, that's also part of our global uh, business. Mm. But then that's not where we see the stronger growth uh, coming from.
0: All right. And let's take a look at the operations side of things, because you talked about, you know, being consistent across different localities. But of recent days, we've seen a lot of supply chain disruptions, right, especially during the pandemic. So let's take a look at the operations model, right? Guava Amenities designs and curates amenities and gifts but you guys do not manufacture or package them yourself. You rely on a so-called ecosystem business model. So how does it work and how many partners are involved from the moment of conceptualization to the product eventually reaching the hands of your end customers?
1: So what we do as as a I would say a driver, right, of the ecosystem is the fact that We understand what the client wants depending on the the needs, the requirements. We then activate. It could be manufacturers. It could be luxury brands. It could be a certain technology. It would be also sometimes say uh, packaging solutions to fit into their needs. and That also depends on the scale that we are looking at. Uh, Some clients will be looking at say, oh I want to develop something and I want to roll it up in the APEC region, for example. Mm. And then depending on that scope, then we will need to see in order for us to serve that market, to meet their needs, how many partners would it make sense Mm. for us to roll it out. And more often than not, because coming from Singapore, we normally like to test our solutions here first before then scaling it up into other regions.
0: Mm -hmm. So roughly how many If I could just follow up, right, when we talk about conceptualizing, let's say a product like a perfume, right, from conceptualizing to working with maybe a partner that's a small scale designer that makes that match your your formulation to someone who manufactures it at scale to maybe a shipping and logistics company, how many, you know, partners are involved throughout this whole supply chain?
1: I would say uh, it's a bit hard to to put a number in that Mm -hmm. sense but I would say it would range between maybe at least maybe 20 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because for every partners that we work with they have their own advantages and uh, specialized skill sets to contribute to the work that we are doing together. Mm. So say just now when you mentioned about perfume right uh Very, very obvious way for a perfume brand to work with a hotel. Perhaps Mm. is by offering the perfume as a gift. Mm -hmm. But of course, then that will make it very short term. And it does not really bring strategic value for both the brands and the hotels. But then what we can do when we work with with clients in this space, we will then expand the category Mm -hmm. instead of just perfume. It would be then solutions for checked in solutions for the bedroom, for the bathroom. We could even look at to say the whole range of shower amenities and even things like toothpaste mm-hmm. to be customized to complement that particular brand. And from a brand that is just say a perfume, mm-hmm. you can then create maybe twenty to thirty or even more categories of products to make them very relevant to. hotel that will then touch the guests at every touch points that they are involved in Mm. and that creates a very very strong experience for the guests Mm. that will then create a very unique experience for the hotels Mm. and that also creates a very strategic value for the brand to to even want to do this in the first place.
0: But uh, if I were to look from a supply chain perspective, right, supply set perspective, you work with one particular hotel, but there are so many SKUs and product categories. And when it comes to a particular product category, it is very specialized, right? And you talked about one product category changing hands with about 20 different players from conceptualization to it finally reaching the end consumers. It does seem like the risk of supply chain disruptions along any of these partners is high given the number of players it goes through and not to mention that your products are very customized so you can't get it anywhere else right if one if it's stuck somewhere along the supply chain so questions are how do you then select who to work with to ensure that this doesn't happen and how do you minimize supply chain disruptions then
1: Okay, so maybe to, just to, to clarify one point, uh, Tian, when I mentioned 20 partners, mm-hmm. it could be one partner for packaging, one partner for fragrance, mm-hmm. one partner for the uh, act, uh, act, uh, active ingredient, mm-hmm. then another partner could be for the uh, external packaging. Mm-hmm. So different partners contribute different part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And then we also have partners that will then bring them together, the so-called the integrator. Mm -hmm. It could be one of the manufacturers and then we will select them. Say, for example, if you are looking at projects in Southeast Asia, that could be a manufacturer based in Malaysia, Mm -hmm. that could be a manufacturer based in Vietnam, or that could be a manufacturer based in China, depending on the scope, right? And then from there, once the goods are completed, uh, we have our uh, logistics and supply chain partners to then manage that so there is one partner that will be in, in charge in terms of uh, consolidating the shipments. We have another partner that will be involved in regards to the, the trucking, for example. And once the goods are being shipped, then you need, depending on which country are we talking mm-hmm. about, then you have one partner that perhaps will do all the, the custom formalities mm. and then it gets into the warehouse before it gets distributed further. So just now when you mentioned about uh, ensuring That all these are being done in a way that uh, ensures continuity. I guess at the end of the day, it boils down to the kind of partnerships that we develop over the years. There is that kind of rapport Hmm. because the partners that we work with, we are working with these companies for like 10, 15 years or even more. So having that, that understanding of who they are and what are their capabilities and then what our clients are looking at, we would then be able to provide clients with different options Mm -hmm. to also be mindful of what are the possible uh, disruptions that could potentially happen. So a good example of that is uh, when when during COVID, right? uh, Despite the lockdown in China and the global supply chain disruption that was going on, we were still able to supply our clients Mm -hmm. with all the products and the supplies that they need. But that, that didn't come because we only uh, screen our customers and and our suppliers, Mm -hmm. but that also falls falls in place because of the kind of contingency strategy that we have been putting in place for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So when the the disruption happens, we are prepared in the sense that we have already all these options being lined up such that it's just a matter of, okay, we activate A, we activate plan B, we activate Mm -hmm. plan
0: C. All right. Now, having an ecosystem-focused business model doesn't seem to be too new to the business world as well. So, how far has uh, Guava amenities used the model efficiently to gain a competitive edge against its peers, though?
1: Okay. So, uh, I think it's also important to give a context in this case because Mm -hmm. a lot of the other companies in the space that we are in, Mm -hmm. most of them are manufacturers. Uh, They operate from perhaps either one or two or maybe maximum three manufacturing base. To serve, It could be to serve one country or to serve a region. Whereas for us, because we didn't come from, mm-hmm. from being a manufacturer in the first place, we believe that our value to offer to our global customers is the fact that we have a global network of manufacturers mm-hmm. to be able to provide clients with that uh, ability to respond very quickly to the demand And then we also try to shorten the distance from where the products are being made to where our clients are located. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, that actually helps to minimize our risk.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's wrap up the conversation by taking a look at the wider business environment. Uh, Gabriel, what is the one trend that you're watching out in the hospitality industry? How does that influence the way in which you take the company forward?
1: I would say that uh, there's a lot of things going on today. I mean, it's not just one and sustainability, you know, artificial intelligence, there's a lot of conversations that, that people mm-hmm. are having today around those topics. But I guess for us, we we are looking a bit further than that. A bit further mm-hmm. than that, what do I mean by that? Uh, I guess for hospitality, for or even for other industries, what's something that I believe everybody can agree on is that the world today is changing so fast. Mm. And the fact that we are sitting right here, right? We don't even know what's going to happen next week or what is going to happen next month mm. and what we have been doing in the past. Can we still do it? The answer is yes or no. And therefore, I believe that it is very important for companies, regardless of where what kind of business they are in, to think about their their agility strategy. Agility strategy means things are changing in different parts of the world that will affect you as a company, as a business, or as a person. And mm. it's very important for that to be put into context. And I see that collaborations and partnerships are key because there is no way for one company to be able to preempt what is going to happen when you don't even know what, what is that thing to anticipate against. Mm. But by collaborating and actively uh, you know, partnering with other companies, it could be from different different industries. Mm. we see very, very interesting collaborations happening. So in the hospitality space, we see a lot of collaborations between say luxury brands Mm -hmm. and hotel chains to try to actually create a very, very unique and very, very differentiated experience. So moving down, I would say that, yes, uh, there is that uncertainty, there is that uh, worry in, in some people's minds. But I guess if you look at it a bit differently in terms of how you can then uh, leverage on partnerships and collaborations mm. to, to to be able to be more resilient as an organization. I think that would be the, 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 the thing that is really moving forward for, for many, many companies out there. And a lot of our customers in the hospitality and travel mm-hmm. industries are really also looking at that as well
0: specifically when it comes to guava amenities right you talked about the need for businesses to be agile mm. how does it influence you uh, in terms of strategic decisions that you're making right now how do you incorporate this who are the players that you're working with to enhance that kind of partnerships
1: yeah so we we have to collaborate with partners that are very 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 different from us so uh, something that we are currently working on is also uh, to refocus our ecosystem towards net zero solutions mm-hmm. because the eventual goal for all companies based on what the UN has set is to be net zero and this is something that we can't do alone as an organization but we really need help so in in uh, say the, in the area of life cycle analysis we are working with one of the big four accounting firm mm-hmm. Uh, to actually look at our products in terms of uh, our carbon emissions. And then what does that mean to the customers or the hotel chains and the airlines? Means that we are not just providing them with products, but we also can provide them with the data in terms Mm -hmm. of how much carbon emission goes into those products. And then what can they do to minimize them proactively and then if they are very ambitious in terms of, okay, let's do something to, to offset the carbon, for example, mm-hmm. then that is also a conscious decision that we are doing together.
0: Mm, to look at how you can also aid firms in their reporting, the ESG reporting as well. Yes, that's right. And before we let you go, Gabriel, uh, what are some future exciting plans for Guava amenities for the rest of this year or into the next? What can we expect uh, out of Singapore?
1: So uh, coming from Singapore, uh, we feel that we we are really in a very, very uh, exciting place because uh, the world is looking at at Singapore today differently from before and there's a lot of exciting things happening. So we are looking at Singapore as a place to test our solutions. So right now, one of them is in the area of recycling. Mm -hmm. We are in the midst of uh, developing a global recycling network whereby all the global hotel chains that work with us, regardless of where you are around the world, uh, by partnering with Guava, not only that we are offering you products and solutions that are minimised in terms of your carbon emissions, but at the same time, after the products are used, they can then be recycled. Mm -hmm. So we are working on a pilot today in in Singapore to be launched uh, by uh, first or second quarter of next year. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: and then after that, we are looking at uh, scaling that up in other parts of the world.
0: Interesting that we are looking at asset recovery because I was just speaking to Lenovo yesterday. They are working with F1 to look at data recovery, data destruction in a more sustainable way. So a lot of exciting developments in this sphere as well. Thanks a lot, Gabriel. That was Gabriel Tan, CEO of Guava Amenities. Thank you very much for joining us on MoneyFM 89.3. You can also tune into the full version of this conversation on audio, Apple Podcast, and Spotify.